Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. There's a California bill this year that is such a threat to religious freedom, it has attracted national attention, including from the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Our guest today, Reverend Tony Suarez, is the executive vice president of this organization, representing, or serving, I should say, more than 40,000 congregations in the United States. Tony, welcome to Freedom's Ring. Thank you for having me on the program. I am honored to be on with you today. Well, it's a delight to have you, and I was so grateful when I saw your organization publicly uh, urging people to pay attention and, and speak out about this bill. Absolutely. Well, you know, it goes to the core of our organization. When the NHCLC was formed, it was formed under the banner of, uh, if I could use this word, marrying Martin Luther King's march with Billy Graham's message, bringing righteousness and justice together in every aspect of our Christian walk, including civic issues that affect our everyday life. So anytime an issue like this arises, The body of Christ has to unite, it has to be vocal, it has to speak out, and we can't be either or. For a long time, Christianity has been, uh, it's either been about social justice or it's been about issues of righteousness. But there's a generation that's rising up that understands that it's not either or, it's both and. We can march and have a message. And and it, what you know what Reverend Rodriguez, the president of, of our organization, would call uh, he calls it prophetic activism. I say amen to that, and I've heard him speak, and uh, and I've read his writing, and I agree. It you know we sometimes the church is too heavenly minded and of no earthly good, and at other times we fall into the other ditch, and and it's all about uh, uh, social impact or social justice, and we lose lose a grip on the gospel, but the two have to go together hand in hand. Absolutely, and and you know, and again, partly because he's my boss, and also because he's my mentor, I'm going to quote him again. He said, we need to reconcile our missiology with our eschatology. So many people are uh, have given—there there are just Christians. Thankfully, it's not the majority, but there are Christians that just seem like they've given up hope, you know, on what's going on in the earth, and they're just waiting, you know, whatever your eschatology, you know, eschatological view is of that quote-unquote end time, they're just waiting for it all to end. What we're saying is that the kingdom of heaven is being established on earth, and that that's what Christ called us to do, and we're to be witnesses, we're to be salt, we're to be light on the earth right now. So it's not time to give up, it's time to press forward into what we believe are prophetic times and should be some of the greatest times of the Church. Well, you know, one of the arguments I've often made uh, when it comes to the separation of church and state and America not being, quote-unquote, a Christian nation, is that the values of the church are always going to be countercultural. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be calling society to a much higher moral and spiritual uh, experience. Because yeah. society's always going to be falling short of the ideal. Uh, and so the, you know, the prophetic function of the church is so critical. But let's talk about 
the attack on Christian colleges and universities here in California that that you know the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference has has now spoken out on this issue that's so so important to us as well uh just a an attack on the right of these Christian colleges and universities to hold to their traditional beliefs absolutely well you know and as as you know i happen to live in virginia beach virginia uh, our organization is based out of California, but as a Virginian, what takes place in California concerns me to see that the Senate bill was not only is it being debated, but that it would even be proposed concerns me. Because if this happens in California, at what point does it come to the Bible Belt? And at what point does it come to Virginia? And for those that say, well, it'll never come to the Bible Belt, well, the issue of gay marriage came to Mississippi. We never, I, I don't think Mississippians ever thought that they would be dealing with those issues. And, and you know, I, I, my goodness, I mean, if there's any Bible Belt state, you know, that the states of Mississippi and Alabama, so it is a grave concern for us to see what's taking place, to see that for having a statement of faith, which is in line with Judeo-Christian values, would cause that potentially schools could be shut down um, in, in a land that was birthed with religious freedom and freedom of speech, it's it. Forgive me, but it's it's absurd to think that we're at this place. I live ten miles from what's called the first landing. Uh, when those first settlers came, they they planted a cross on the beach. They made a covenant with God. They dedicated the land to God. In fact, they fasted and prayed on the boats three days before they even came on land, and and they came here with this hope, this dream of a country where there was religious liberty and freedom of expression and, and uh, of, of speech, and to see now, you know, 400-some years later from those original settlers, to see that our freedom of speech and our freedom of religion is being attacked, it's just so sad to see what's taking place. Well, you know, our listeners may be surprised at what you said a moment ago, that the attack could very well shut down Christian colleges and universities. And, you know, it's true in the broadest sense. I don't know that this bill will do that all by itself, but it's part of a trend that yeah. is making our beliefs about marriage and about human sexuality the equivalent of racism, of bigotry, yeah. and therefore illegal. Right, and, and the, but the fear within these institutions is that as this progresses, you know, what, what's next? I, again, even when gay marriage passed, uh, you know, uh, uh, forgive me, at, at first it was just give us the opportunity to have civil unions. Then that wasn't enough. Then it was gay marriage. And, the, you know, at what point does this stop? Once the train starts rolling, when does it come to an end? And I think that's really the fear that at some point someone's going to say, no, it's not enough that you just possibly lose some funding or you get a fine. At some point, someone says, no, we need to shut these universities down because uh, they're too, uh, they're discriminating because of what their statement of faith is. You know, you're, you're not overstating the risk because the culture here in California and in many places equates sexual orientation with race. Mm -hmm. So if, if you can imagine a racist school saying, we're not going to hire anything but white teachers and we're not going to admit blacks, we're not going to admit Latino students, only white students. If that school could operate, well, our Christian schools are now being equated as though we're racist. And 
I don't know how long we'll be able to continue to to function with our values if that's the attitude. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the Christian church, believers, we have to take a stand. I heard someone say one time, uh, I heard someone say, we need to be bilingual. Well, that makes sense to me. I'm Hispanic, so I you know speak two <laughs> languages. He said, so I said, all right, I got it. I'm already done. He said, we need to be, uh, this gentleman So we need to be bilingual. We need to speak the language of heaven and the language of earth. So the language of heaven is prayer. The language of the earth is our vote. It's getting involved in our government and making sure that our voice is heard. When you talk about being bilingual, what came to my mind was the importance of not so, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, voting and making our voice heard. I think about how we as Christians communicate with the broader secular world, mm-hmm. because so often we're talking past each other. Yeah. We're not talking the same language. And I think that one of the problems is that secular society is not comprehending the value that churches bring to communities. Yay and amen to that. Look, I'm a, I'm a practical, matter-of-fact kind of guy. We cannot influence our society if we... If, <laughs> If we look and talk like Charles Heston coming down the mountain in Ten Commandments, this society doesn't understand. We have to, you know, we have our we have our our, our church talk, our, our way of talking amongst those of like faith. We're not always as good at expressing our faith to others that don't understand us or disagree with us. And so, what I mean in my you know my reference of you know coming down the mountain. Jesus was able to contextualize his message in a way that his audience would understand him. Jesus was a storyteller. He spoke through parables. Parables were relevant stories that had a meaning, you know, of course had a teaching to it, but it was something that the people can understand. And we need to ask God to give us the language, to give us the words, to properly contextualize and explain what our faith is, how it affects society, and to do so in a way that creates and causes discipleship to take place, which simply means that we continue to add followers that would see things through this Judeo-Christian point of view. You know, you remind me, Tony, when, when I have been lobbying and trying to help educators understand here in California what the value of Christian education is and why they need to leave us alone, I pointed to a program our church did recently in Los Angeles at the convention center where we brought in literally thousands of doctors and dentists from all over the country and served thousands and thousands of people with free medical and dental care Mm. for several days. And I said, you know, this spirit of community service, of giving back to the community, this is what is nurtured in Christian education from kindergarten all the way through college. And if you cut us off at the knees, this is what you lose. You lose this kind of uh, service to the community. Yes. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. I say yay and amen to that. And I, <laughs> I just and like I said again, as a Virginian, as someone from you know they call the California from the left coast, as someone from the right coast, <laughs> I just I just <laughs> I just again I I see the wave. I see the I see the storm that can start on the left coast and come our way. And, and so I I unite with our brothers in California, and I unite with them. And, and, and I say, stand up for what's right. Learn how to, learn how to, uh, to, to properly communicate what your convictions are. 
and make disciples. At the end of the day, the pastor or the evangelist in me is about to come out because at the end of the day, we change this by winning souls to Christ, by making disciples, by sharing Christ with others. And as, as the kingdom of heaven grows, as, as souls are added to the kingdom, they will learn our convictions. They will learn what the Word of God says. And, and again, in, in a very evangelistic sort of way, the answer still is Jesus Christ. It still is making disciples, adding to the kingdom, so that by doing so, we can impact our society. Well, there's no question that society is becoming increasingly skeptical and hostile to the claims of Christ. Yes. And that is will always be the most important work of the Church. Amen. And here's the hope of the United States Church. We sowed seeds of revival throughout the entire world. We sent missionaries across the world so that Jesus Christ could become famous around the world, as, as one uh, interpretation of the Bible reads. Now the harvest that we had around the world has come to the United States. And the great hope, I believe with all my heart, the great hope of the American church is the immigrant community, because the church is in revival amongst the Asian community, the Latino community, and other immigrant groups that are here. The church is thriving, and it's growing, and it is a biblically-based, conservative, compassionate-minded church. And, and it shows, it, it, it confirms, again, forgive me for, for getting evangelistic, but it confirms the book of Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus said to Simon Peter, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Well, it's always hard to interrupt a preacher, but uh, we're out of time. Our guest today, Reverend Tony Suarez, Executive Vice President, the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Tony, it's been a delight to have you on Freedom's Ring with us. Thank you so much. As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom, we offer help to those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.